this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome. Today my special guest is Leia Cooper. Welcome to you, Leia. Hi, Bev. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks. Beautiful day here in uh, my part of the world. Uh, looks like it's pretty sunny for you too, so that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do today is explore a topic that hasn't been explored on this podcast. And I love that you have you know, got all this beautiful knowledge and wisdom that you're going to share with us. But before we get started on that, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and what it is that you do right now? Okay, so um, I teach yoga here at my home in South Australia. Uh, I also do other work, um, but yoga is my passion. And I've been doing, I started yoga over 20 years ago. So I've been practicing for quite a while, a few different styles, but there was one style that I specifically found and and enjoyed the most. So I spent a lot of time studying that. Um, I like to call myself a student of life. Uh, I really feel that life has so many opportunities for us to to learn and explore and grow. So I'm constantly looking for new ways of thinking, you know, following different people on you know Facebook and YouTube and hearing hearing what they have to say and um, yeah, just looking at different ways of of looking at the world. And I try to I guess assimilate all that and then bring that into my teaching that I do with my yoga. And, and I'm also a macrobiotic um, practitioner. That's something that has gone hand in hand with the yoga that I teach. Oh, brilliant. So how would you describe your own well-being journey? Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, like I said, I started yoga about 20 odd years ago when I was 20 actually um, and I kind of stumbled across it my parents were actually wanting to start yoga and I was like I'll go and you know have a look around where we were living and see what yoga schools there are and I, I found this yoga school uh, I went to some classes and I told my parents about it and then I just kept going I just really loved it um, you know I was young at the time and I guess maybe that's not something young people necessarily get into but it's you know all different sorts and, and I was a bit of a party girl at the time, I must say. I wasn't the healthiest, you know, I was eating lots of sugar, going to all night dance parties and um, dabbling in illicit substances here and there. So, so it was really interesting to find something that was completely opposite to that. Um, and it just opened my eyes to a whole new way of living and eating as well. Um, and since that time, I've moved around a bit over the years. I went and moved to go to university, but I've always kept some form of yoga practice up over that period of time, whether it's with a different teacher or a different style. And what my original teachers taught me was a lot about how to eat. You know, I thought I ate pretty well apart from, you know, the sugar and things like that. But once I started the yoga classes, they started talking about macrobiotics and and what that all was. And I went on this yoga retreat with these teachers. Um, It was kind of like my 21st birthday present to myself. 
and it was a seven day retreat and it was actually a half fasting retreat. I didn't realize at the time when I signed up that it was going to be a fasting retreat. And I was like, oh, that's going to be great. And, you know, seven days later, I was, you know, a lot less baggage, um, I guess, physically, mentally, emotionally. It was like everything is sort of cleared. Um, and on that retreat, they talked a lot about food and how food is medicine and different ways of eating. And, and it was all around the whole idea of the macrobiotic philosophy, you know, yin and yang, five elements, um, and all that kind of stuff. And it really, I guess, opened up a whole new world, like I said. And I guess I never looked back. I experimented a lot. Uh, you could say I went a bit macro-neurotic, um, which is quite common for people who start macrobiotics. They sort of get a bit neurotic about it. Um, but after, you know, I'll be honest, a couple of years of up and down on this seesaw, I finally found a really nice balance in my diet and in my health. Um, However, a few years down the track, when my daughter was about two or three years old, I did have a health issue, but I did actually, I was able to use macrobiotics and lifestyle and yoga to work my way out of that. And I can talk a bit about that later if you like. Fantastic, yeah. So what is a macrobiotic lifestyle? Ah, that's a really good question. So macrobiotics, you know, if you take it from its most basic meaning means big life, so macro big, biotic life so it's a it's actually a whole philosophy about how i guess how the universe was created how nature exists how we exist in nature the evolution of you know humans on this planet of course all life on this planet um, and looking at phenomena that appear naturally in our environment and so it's basically an understanding of, of those principles or those ideas or concepts through the observation of them and then applying that to your lifestyle. Uh, so I guess you could almost say that, you know, a macrobiotic lifestyle could even be, you know, uh, replicated in indigenous cultures because they live, you know, according to the seasons, according to what's growing, you know, the weather, the climate, all those types of things. And they've adapted to that sort of lifestyle. So I guess macrobiotics is like a modern day perspective of how we can you know adapt to the conditions that we're in so it involves things like eating seasonally you know walking considerately on the planet so you know not taking too much having reverence for life having reverence for the environment uh, and observation internal observation of yourself as well as how the seasons change and how you adapt to those changes and yeah so it's a lot about self-awareness just as much as a way of eating and um, looking after yourself and given today you know with the situation we have that considerately walking on the planet you know mm. being with the planet is just so critical so what would some of the recommendations be from a macrobiotic lifestyle well it really depends where you're coming from so in macrobiotics there's sorts of different uh i guess dietary recommendations depending on your level of health. So for people who are generally okay and you know not sick, so to speak, um, you know, you can just tweak your diet to to look at how it, you know, you can adapt to eat more seasonally, you know, adapt your cooking styles to the seasons as well, looking at where your fruit and veg and other food is coming from. So it's more locally sourced or as, as locally sourced as you can get in your geography and that type of thing. Whereas if you're unwell uh, and you know we we create conditions where we get sick um, and being becoming ill is actually your body you know either eliminating something you know you've taken in too much 
or you're not, you don't have enough of something. So it's about working out. So from a macrobiotic perspective, you want to work out, you know, what the excess is, what the deficiency is, what's the cause, the root cause of that sickness or illness, and then use your diet to improve your condition. So in macrobiotics, we look at things from a yin and yang perspective. So, um, you know, there's conditions that are caused from too much yin and there's conditions that are caused from too much yang. And then there's some conditions that are an imbalance of both of them. So, you know, if you want to look at improving your health through a macrobiotic lifestyle and diet, then you'd want to sit down with someone who understands the philosophy and the yin and yang aspect so that you could then work out and pinpoint um, where that imbalance lies and then adjust your diet according to that. So there's a healing diet in macrobiotics, um, which is, I guess people would see as fairly restrictive. However, the idea is that the healing diet isn't something that you're on for long term. That's like a short, uh, say one month to three month period to give the body a chance to reset and become back into balance. And then once you've found that balance, you know, your symptoms disappear or lessen, um, then you can start looking at adding other things in. So ideally, the macrobiotic way of eating is not about having a restrictive diet at all. The idea behind it is actually that you can eat whatever you like, but it's about that awareness of what you're eating. So, you know, you can go and eat the donut if you want, but eat it with, you know, awareness, you know, look at it, chew it, taste it, you know, feel what it does to you as you're eating it. And you might find that you can only eat half of it because you're so aware of, you know, the sugar and the, the whatever else is in it that you find you don't actually need to finish it. Whereas a lot of us, you know, we just want to eat whatever we want without that awareness and, and that's when problems arise. So, you know, ideally macrobiotics isn't about restricting your diet, but it's actually about that awareness of eating widely from, you know, a range of natural ingredients obviously avoiding processed foods uh, and the like, but, but listening to what your body needs and eating with awareness. Mm. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so you mentioned yin and yang being yin, female energy, yang, more masculine energy. So that's interesting that you can apply that to the way that you eat in terms of food and how it energizes mm. or relaxes or the beautiful way yeah. to eat. And mm. so what got me thinking as you were talking there, Leia, is are there certain ways of eating the food? Is, you know, is it mainly raw? Is it cooked? Or what is it? Yeah, so there's a variety of ways. Um, so ideally, like I said, I talked a bit about, before about the seasons and how in different seasons you might use different cooking styles. So, for example, in summertime, there's a lot lighter cooking style. So, you know, more raw, you know, raw salads is fine. You can also have, you know, blanched vegetable salads, those types of things, but lots of lighter cooking style, stir fries as well, you know, just a quick grill on the barbecue even, you know, um, mainly vegetables, not so much meat in summer, of course. And then as you get into winter, you know, autumn, winter, you're looking at more like long, slow cooking, you know, hot pot stews, soups, those types of things with more water and salt in them. So depending on the season is how you're going to observe, you know, the different ways you're going to eat the food and prepare the food. Uh, in macrobiotics, there is a bit of a application of pickling and fermented foods. So very small quantities, maybe every day, just a small pickle with a meal. And these are pickles that you can make at home really easily with just, you know, slicing veggies, a bit of salt, massaging it in, let it sit for a bit, 
rinsing the salt off and then maybe adding a dash of vinegar. And you, know, you just have a little bit of that with your meal and that's like a digestive. Uh, and there's other more long-term pickles that you can purchase. You know, even things like sauerkraut. Like sauerkraut is a traditional German cabbage pickle and uh, made traditionally is actually really beneficial for your gut biota. So um, yeah, pickles are, have a fairly important role. Also grains, of course, are you know, a really major part of a macrobiotic diet. And there's lots of grains, you know, not just your standard wheat, oats and rice, but things like millet, corn, rye, barley, um, even things like quinoa, and, yeah, amaranth, yeah, absolutely. And, and even things like noodles, like soba noodles, udon noodles, and, and pastas made from whole wheat products or even, I guess, gluten-free varieties as well. So because we do get a lot of our energy from carbohydrate, I know there's a, long, a lot of people are pushing the keto diet where it's mainly fats and protein. And I don't know how sustainable that is over a long term. I think people can get results for a short term on a keto diet. But I think with macrobiotics, it's, it's really a lifestyle change. It's not something you just do for six months and go, oh yeah, I did macrobiotics. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like, if you really take it on, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's continuous for the, for the rest of your life. What are the long term effects of a macrobiotic lifestyle on your health and well-being? I think for me personally, I've discovered, uh, I guess, an ever-deepening understanding of how to live a macrobiotic life and eat a macrobiotic way. Uh, and that has given me a lot more energy uh, to get through my, my life. You know, I'm only in my mid-40s, mid um, but I feel like I've got the energy of a, you know, most of the time, you know, someone in their late teens. You know, I, I don't feel you know, exhausted all the time. And if I do feel exhausted, then I, I check in and I know the reason behind it. A lot of people get exhausted and they don't know why they're exhausted. I'm sure you can relate. You have clients like that. You know, they don't know why. Why am I so exhausted? Whereas I'm so attuned and in aware of what's going on in my body and what I'm putting into my body and how I'm treating my body because of this macrobiotic understanding that I know the reason generally why I might not be feeling good on a particular day. And I can reflect on that and then I can understand and, and move forward. So I find that is really helpful. And that's also been, a lot of that has also come about through the yoga that I teach and practice as well. But that has a, you know, a strong mm. correlation to the macrobiotic philosophy. Yeah, so I guess what I'm hearing is that it's a way of uh, being and living and that the way that you prepare your food is one of the cornerstones. It's not the only Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Awesome. So I think what might be going through somebody's head is, well, are there any downsides? Are there ne any negative effects of a macrobiotic lifestyle? And particularly, I suppose, the you mentioned there a fad of ketogenic mm. eating. You know, I just want people to recognize this is not a fad, but... Perhaps it's mm. not for everybody. So is, are there certain people that it doesn't um, suit? Yeah, I, I think it really comes down to the individual. I couldn't say, you know, it suits this person and not another person. I, I guess ideally it suits someone who's a bit open-minded, who's willing to experiment uh, and try new ways of looking at things and new ways of cooking as well and eating. Um, you know, and there's that... For me, you know, I mentioned that macro-neurotic period where I went through, I was just, you know, so focused and down the line, I'd only eat this, this and this and, you know, chew this many times. And 
But I think now that I've, you know, deepened my understanding and experience with it, I can use that knowledge to help guide other people through their, their own experience of that. I don't think it's restrictive and I don't think people would find it challenging except if they're just unwilling to give it a go. I think, you know, and that's one of the things about macrobiotics and, and George Oshawa, who was, the, I guess, the modern day father of macrobiotics, he was from Japan. He's wrote many books about this in the 60s, 70s and 80s. And he talked about this idea of non-credo and this idea that, you know, don't believe in anything just because someone tells you to believe in it. So, so don't do macrobiotics just because someone says it's good for you. Actually experiment with it, explore it you know, read about it, watch some videos, you know, get a cookbook or two and, and see what it's all about and, and see if it fits with who you are and how you want to live your life. It may be that it's much, it's just too hard or, or maybe it's just too boring or, you know, it's not satisfying. However, you know, I think if you stick with anything for up to, at least I would say, you know, give it a try for three to six months, you know, and, and experiment with it and connect with other people who are practicing it and using it in their everyday life. And you might find that some things stick. Uh, it doesn't have to be the whole thing. Maybe it's just that you decide there's one particular aspect of it that really resonates with you. And that's something you take into your daily life. Um, and the rest might fall away. And I think that idea of just, you know, experimenting until finding what resonates with you. Uh, and I think that's, that's the best approach to take really. Because not everything is for mm. everybody. So I guess, you know, you, you have to say, give yourself an opportunity to experiment and see, see how that works yeah. for you. So what are some of the outcomes that a businesswoman, for example, might experience as a result of being... Well, I might just use myself as an example. So I mentioned that when my daughter was two or three, I actually got quite sick. So I had a, I had a thyroid condition where my thyroid became underactive and also a nodule growing on my thyroid. Uh, and at the time I wasn't aware of what was going on and I just felt extremely exhausted. Uh, you know, I was working full time. I was a mother, I was a wife. I was, you know, doing all these things, trying to maintain some balance. Um, but not getting there. And I was just completely draining this also to the point where I was actually having suicidal thoughts. And I, I looked a mess, you know, and I spoke to a friend and she recommended I go see her doctor. And so I did, and um, she was a lovely doctor. She was actually a, a raw vegan herself, um, which I thought was quite interesting. You don't often find doctors who are practicing raw veganism. And, uh, you know, and she diagnosed me with this thyroid condition. She did all these blood tests and what have you. And she actually recommended that I start taking thyroxine, which is the hormone to stimulate the thyroid. I'm not one for taking medications. So I said, oh, look, can you, you know, give me a month? And I really want to see if I can try and bring this back into balance naturally. So, um, you know, she recommended I start eating more greens and raw food because that was her philosophy. And I took that into consideration and I actually went to see my macrobiotic counsellor and teacher and I explained to him the condition that I had and he did diagnoses like visual diagnosis and energy diagnosis um, and did some macrobiotic counselling with me uh, and he came up with this dietary recommendations and lifestyle recommendations that I should implement um, and so I followed those and he also actually recommended some more raw food in my diet as well because I think it was an excess yang, so I needed some more yin to balance things out. Uh, and also I needed to start looking after myself and taking that time to rest and to rejuvenate. And, and at this point in time, because I was doing so much, I actually wasn't doing much yoga at the time. 
So what I, I investigated and I you know, found out which are the best yoga poses to stimulate the thyroid. So I was doing those every day. So I changed my diet. I was doing daily yoga specifically to, for the thyroid. I was going to yoga classes as well and also taking time to relax on the weekends. And combination of all those things, I went back to the doctor, had some more tests and it seemed to be okay. And she just said, you know, just come back every few months, we'll check in. And thankfully it's never returned. So, and she also did, I did also start taking some vitamins, you know, vitamin B12 and some iron and, and vitamin D as well. So a few different things to help support that. So, uh, and after that, obviously, you know, a few months later down the track, I you know, got my energy back. I was looking after myself and in my work, I was able to obviously, you know, concentrate again and, and get back into the swing of things. And it really brought me back to life really. And because I, I guess I'd narrowed my focus, I'd become so distracted with life and work and everything else that was going on around me. I'd forgotten to look after myself. And I think a lot of the time when we get sick, it's because we've forgotten that, you know, we should be putting ourselves first, you know, it's that old, you know, analogy of when the oxygen mask falls, you know, put yourself, put your mask on first before you help other people. And we're all busy and, you know, we get out of control and we forget that a lot of the time. So checking in, are you okay? What do you need to do? And I've had periods of time since then when I felt that exhaustion creep back or maybe, you know, thoughts not going in the right direction. And it's like, okay, all right, recognize that. What are you going to do about it? Do something about it and it generally will fix itself up. So it's, again, it's that awareness and understanding and, and using the tools that are available to you. So if you were wanting to just experiment, can you suggest a simple way for someone just to get started? You know, where do you start? Oh, that's a good question. I think because I spoke a lot about seasonal eating, um, I would suggest that people actually visit a local farmer's market because that's where you're going to get as close to the food where it's, it's source as possible. Uh, and you're going to find foods that are grown in the area and that are seasonal to your area. And that's really one of the, the key factors to the, I guess, the diet side is looking at what grows in your climatic zone and starting to use those vegetables, preferably organic or, you know, pesticide free or, or low toxic you know, and, and talk to the farmers, find out what's coming in season next, you know, what's what's the best, you know, what have they got that's really nice. And and if you have access to a farmer's market, that's a great way to start. Um, the other thing is, you know, there's, there's books you can borrow from the library or find online. And, you know, some of them are better than others, but, you know, you just have a search around, maybe grab a macrobiotic cookbook from the local library if you can get it in and just see what some of those recommendations are. So there's lots to do with grains and veggies. You know, there isn't a big focus on eating meat. Uh, however, meat isn't necessarily restricted from a macrobiotic lifestyle. Uh, so if, like I think you mentioned um, to me before this that, you know, some people have intolerances to bean products. If they do, then, you know, I would obviously recommend cooking them soaking them and cooking them, if, if that still is a problem, then small amounts of meat are okay. You know, white fleshed meat over red meat, you know, fish and chicken over beef and lamb. And, and it's small quantities, you know, we don't need to be eating, you know, 500 gram steaks every night. <laughs> so, no, not at all. Yeah. Oh, that's really helpful. Mm. Um, 
So, Leah, what are your tips for living fabulously? Oh, well, I have a, I have a daily routine um, and that's really the thing that sustains me. You know, I get up in the morning, I go for a walk uh, every morning, rain, hail, wind, sunshine, whatever. I come back and I do a little bit of journaling and then I do my yoga practice. And I do that probably, yeah, pretty much every day. That's, and that's my daily routine. And I think without that, I'd be at a loss, you know, except when I travel, I guess traveling does make things a bit tricky. So, you know, but just taking time even to sit quietly. I don't, I mean, I'm not a big meditator, something I really want to get better at, do more of. Um, even just sitting for a couple of minutes and breathing is a great way to just calm the body, calm the mind, bring yourself back into your center. Uh, and that's, yeah, I think being out in nature as well is a really great way to, um, to live a fabulous life is just connect to nature. So you can find Leah Cooper at her website. It's thecentreofkey.com.au and also on Facebook, The Centre of Key. And I will be in the show notes. Don't worry about the spelling because I've got a bit taken. It's spelled K-R, not C-H-R, like I'm used to. So don't worry yeah. about those things. will be in the show notes for you. And Leah, I think what's exciting for me is that there are some principles, for example, that I already follow. So for me, eating seasonally, eating, you know, purchasing from the farmer's market is already there. So it's helpful to know that you don't have to do the macro neurotic, as you said. Yeah. You, know, you can start sort of where you are and just keep adding to that to mm -hmm. allow yourself to transition. And I love that you shared that you use food as medicine to absolutely heal your body, but also you were having the other elements in there. So with your yoga and having time to just be in your own space. Because I think that's mm -hmm. some of the challenges is if you're not well, we often look for solutions outside of us and mm -hmm. they are all within us. We have this absolutely amazing body with infinite wisdom and when we create the right conditions, the body heals. So thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.